Welcome back, everybody, to the Who Do You Like Here podcast. Joey C-Note and the kid. Glad to be back. It's been a little bit. Finally back in the studio. Three weeks. Has it been three or two? Like, I think this is the third week because we recorded the week prior to Florida. Yep, we missed off for two Pegasus. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> feels like ages. Yeah, it does feel like ages. But uh, thankfully, that should be the last gap in podcast for quite some time yeah i think so i don't i don't have anything planned unless i've got a work trip or something but uh we had both got sick a couple times it's just uh hasn't been a great start but that should all change here don't see any uh problems moving forward in the future but it has been a couple weeks mm-hmm. and uh i mean we were going to Gulfstream. was the last podcast we had yeah so we went to Gulfstream. we were amazing. at Gulfstream. it was awesome it was great yeah, it's a really great experience. Yeah. Um, we were talking before the podcast. I I like the track. I mean, that's probably one of the... Uh, I've never been there, so it was a good experience. Like I said, mm-hmm. it was one of the nicer tracks that I've been to. I enjoyed the whole experience and the flow. I think it was more so because it was like so open. Mm-hmm. Like the whole area was like open. Yeah. Like a lot of times, you even going from the track to the paddock, it didn't seem so enclosed and so far to get to. It felt like you got there like right away. Yeah. Yeah. But you you had some uh, you you're still a Saratoga. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, yeah. I think I'll always be a Saratoga guy, yeah. uh, regardless. I mean, it was it was very pretty, right? Like the the scenery, right? I mean, it's a different vibe, right, compared to what we're used to or what we've seen, right? We, yeah, we, we go to Arlington. It's a very small track, you know. It's a little bit more. I don't want to say homey, but just feels obviously more like they all have different feelings. Yeah, they all have different feelings. Right. Gulfstream was like um, like it gave off like party racing vibes right like it's just yeah. like you know like they're they're <laughs> like for the big days like pegasus day right it's a party like it gives yep. off those kind of vibes it's gorgeous and it's huge and it's ginormous right yeah but like you don't get um i don't feel like you get that intimate experience with the racing right like you can watch the races you can get close to the line but like i like going to the paddock i like sitting at the paddock and watching the horses sit there yeah. like at, at Gulfstream, there's a bunch of chairs and stuff there i don't i don't I want to lean against the rail i want to watch them saddle the horses i want to see them you know getting ready i want to see everything you know yeah that's funny because they have that uh saddling area kind of closed off yeah closed off you and then they bring it. them out for the walkthrough mm-hmm. um but every other track you're out there you're seeing the conversations with the trainer you're yep. seeing them you know saddle them up yeah and uh, so it is, it is different. Very different. Yeah. It's a different feel. And then they get out there, right. You can see them and, you know, when they're walking, they're talking to the trainers and, you know, the connections or whatever, which is cool. Um, but again, you can't really get that close, you know, to them. Yeah. Um, you definitely can see them, right. It's, that's not a problem, but yeah. Um, it's not like then, finger lace. You can almost ride the damn thing. Yeah. Right. You can get right next to it. You can touch them if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. but, and then you also don't get that interaction with the jockeys as much either. You know, which I thought yeah. was interesting, right? Like Saratoga, I think, is the ultimate experience, right? Like you can, you literally can talk to the jockeys on their way back from the winner circle. Yeah. Right. Or after the race, they walk through the crowd, right? Yeah. And that's, ultimate that's experience. big for us, big for you. Yeah, your experience yeah, yeah, there. for sure. Um, at Gulfstream, right, they just come, you know, they come out, they get on the horses, they walk them out to the track. It's very roped off, right? You can't get close, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, again, it was just a different experience. I love the track. I, I mean, I I wish I lived in Florida so I can go to it every day and watch that kind of racing. Oh, yeah. You know, it was it was beautiful. And even when we got up to the the third floor, even then, the, yeah. uh, the suites up there, right, or... Yeah, um, that is. Uh, I don't know if we were supposed to be up there, we got, <laughs> but we got up there, and it was it was very very cool. It was a very scenic uh, view. Agreed. I I was uh I was enamored by the uh, the hall that they have there, where everybody can kind of gather 
uh, on that third floor area where they had like the buffet or whatever. Yeah. It's just, again, each floor was different. Each interaction was different. I personally, we've talked about this. I think we talked about it on the podcast before we went down mm-hmm. is I enjoy being at the finish line. Yep. I like being out there uh, on the, the apron yep. and then walk into the paddock. We've been doing that at every track. Yep. And like I said, everyone, you get a different experience. It was different. Yep. But with the three tracks, mm-hmm. the difficulty for me is that when you're sitting, when you're standing there is obviously you have to watch the screen, yeah, right? It's so, a giant screen. Yeah. So you can, you get a good feel for it as if you're watching it at home. But then uh, that, that coming down the stretch, unless it's on the dirt yeah. where it's right in front of yeah. you and you get that thundering of the hooves coming yeah, through. You don't, yeah. you don't really feel it on the tapete. You definitely don't feel it on the turf. Right. Um, so far in. Yeah. And it's, and all the finish lines are staggered. They're yeah. different, different spots. So that was a little different. Yep. Um, I just, I, I like more of an intimate feel with the track. Right. Uh, so that was like a lesser experience than Arlington, I would say, had yeah. a better experience at the Oh, yeah, because you're right there. You know, you're right. Even the turf yeah. wasn't yeah. that far away and you, right. could, you could still feel the. Obviously, uh, different tracks, right? Different feels, like I said. Sure. I mean, this is a big race day. I'm sure it's great. You know, it's, yeah. it's a great atmosphere, right? There's a ton of kiosks that you can go to. You can, I mean, it was great. I never had to wait to put my bed in. I was never yeah. in line track trying food. to get something. Track in. food was great. Track food was good. Yeah, track food was really good. There's a couple uh, characters drinks, there. Yeah, couple uh, characters. <laughs> Yeah. That Cuban guy was a trip. Yeah, he was he was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, very friendly people. I didn't really meet. I mean, there was nobody that was like an asshole. You no, know, there either too. So no, everybody was really was, really chill. Yeah, it was it was a really cool fun experience. Um, but like yeah, definitely different. You know, just like I said. Um, also, probably didn't help that I didn't win a single fucking race on. Saturday. I don't know. I don't know how you didn't cash because I would follow with you what you like. Yeah, and then I would again. Here's the problem. We didn't have a lot of time, me and you. Yeah, that's true. We didn't yeah, have 13 like, guys. Yeah. You're yeah, talking like, to five of them. I'm talking to seven yeah, of them. And then Everyone's you rotate guys. Every, yeah, it's just always yeah. like, yeah. It's also, yeah, that was part of it, right? It was part yeah. of it. And then all of a sudden, it'd be like, they'd be going to the gate. And I'm like, oh, who do you like in this race? You know? And you're like, I <laughs> yeah, got the two. After, yeah. And thankfully that we did meet, I was able to put yours in position uh, yeah. on top on a few. And I'm cashing. I just didn't understand. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I think I picked like three winners, but I didn't have underneath, which is always yeah. a typical that that'll happen. And I'm 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 used to it. You know that'll happen on on race days. But then uh, I also just was kind of far off. Uh, there were some chalk favorites in there that I could have went with. I was also trying to get prices the entire day. You know, I was looking for the bigger score yeah. rather than looking for the the incremental $15 try, you yeah. know? So and I thought you were going to play, I thought you were going to play that way that we talked about. Like, Hey, if it's going to be chalky, then better for four. Yeah. Five and the golf stream has been chalky Ten and five. it was pretty chalky for the most part. Um, yeah. Like one big race. Yeah. It was like, yeah, one decent race where you got a price and that was, that was about it. But I was looking, yeah, like I said, I was looking for prices all day. Um, like I said, I think I, I legitimately, I think I picked three winners, but I just didn't have them in like second or Third, yeah, you know, I, I had some just misses. Yeah. We just missing out second itis a little bit on a few. Um, but uh, the big the big advantage for me on that whole card was uh, obviously Safi Joseph. I read in the feature with Go Big Green. That was yeah, that was my redemption to get back some money and actually get ahead. And so that that was profitable for me. And uh, I really appreciate the time Safi Joseph uh, Joseph gave me to uh, yeah, that was cool. That was a little a- conversation and. <laughs> Take a little photo op with them, and yeah. uh, and we're trying to set something up here for the podcast. So that would be cool. That'd be cool to get them on. But overall, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was uh, that was a it was a fun trip to the track. Yeah, I think absolutely successful. Cool. Didn't get to meet up with Pete. Which sucked, but I figured we wouldn't. I mean, after looking at number one, we can't get up there. So okay. Two. So this is funny because I just saw that obviously Mike was there. Rennie Time was there for the Pegasus. Yeah, and I see him with a picture of Pete, and I wanted to reach out and be like, Mike, how the fuck did you? 
did you? I, we couldn't find yeah, how to get, get up to there, him. Yeah. Couldn't even talk to anybody. It didn't seem like anybody was there. Yeah, no. Like, I mean, hey. we got up to that floor, and I don't think we were supposed to be there. <laughs> I just it was impossible to. It was that was probably the biggest unfortunate that we didn't get to see uh, Pete Aiello and get to talk to him. Yeah, because um, he was expecting us on the, on the social media. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he follows me, so it's not like I could have direct messaged him. Been like, hey, I don't think he doesn't have direct know, messages well. either. A lot yeah, of I don't so. know. So, it, oh well. I mean, it is what it is. But I overall, mean, if that's I mean, the the downside. Everything else was positive. Yeah, everything so. else is great. Yeah, that was about the only downside. Just gives me another reason to go to Gulfstream so I can meet Pete. Yeah, perfect weather. Perfect weather. Couldn't ask for no, much better. It? I mean, I think it rained for maybe thirty seconds and then it stopped. It was cloudy. Yeah, it drizzled a little bit and that for was about cool. a race. Yeah. Overall, the trip was quite the success. They stayed on the turf, so that's positive. Yeah, so. yeah, they stayed on the turf. <laughs> no <laughs> issues there. Yeah. yeah. Um, big disappointment for me is that, uh, I couldn't get to Tampa Bay. Yeah, I know. Tampa and you were out there Tampa for the extra week. So pissed is that, uh, I had that planned for Thursday and I, uh, unfortunately realized too late that, uh, Thursday was a dark day for Tampa. Which is a so, weird day to have a dark day. I mean, it's, it's typically your Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are your four big days for the bigger tracks. So I just assumed it was open and I reached out to, uh, Barry Sniper Spares. I'm like, yeah. Hey Barry, you're going to be, you know, at the track tomorrow. He's like, Oh, I'm in Jacksonville. He couldn't. But he, even he didn't say, oh, they're closed tomorrow. Yeah. So I was just assuming, oh, I'll just go by myself. But that was raced just... on Thursdays, but yeah. it's not. And then as I'm gearing up in the morning, like, ah, let's go take a look at the card. It's like mm-hmm. 930 in the morning. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm running. It's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so two tracks on one trip would have been uh, pretty good. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, overall, it was nice. Uh, we met um, Kizzy out there as well. It's nice yeah. to meet up with him. Nice to see him. You know, that's yeah, nice that uh, Kizzy was there for a while hanging out. Um, yeah. I think he had a pretty decent day. I think he, I think he was pretty good. And I know, he had, I know he had a few winners. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough with 13 or 14 guys, I guess, going on this trip and going yeah. on the track. Like, I think the first race, we were all together. Yeah. After that, there everybody was, a, was around, everybody yeah. was scattered. Mostly, yeah. I mean, it, it's a little difficult to keep everybody together too when there's a casino attached and then there's <laughs> you know yeah. other ways to spend your money and your time yeah. in between races. And so. the numbers went down, yeah. and down. Yeah. It'd be like ten, then there was seven, yeah. then there was five. Yeah. Like, you know. I was, I was making sure I was there out there for every race, but obviously I got pulled into the the group and you know so. But yeah. I want to make sure I saw every race, you yeah. know. But man, some, some of the guys were doing well in the casino. Probably yeah. better than they would have done on the track. Some of them, some not well. Some really, really bad. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was fun though. It was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Golf was fun. Miami is just fun in general. Great place. Yeah, it's hard great to time. not have yeah. fun down there. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. So overall, good trip. You were out there an extra week. Obviously, so then we missed uh, the Pegasus recording, which mm-hmm. was last week, but you just got back, which is fine. Uh, Pegasus overall, I thought was... Um, I thought it was pretty formful. Yeah, it was It was pretty formful. Um, prices were good. Yeah, good prices on a big day. You know, a lot of money in there. Yep. Um, Irad just kind of proves why he's the best and winning, <laughs> what was it, five races that he won? Five, five races, and I... At prices, too. I almost, almost want to say he was the favorite in one of those one of the five, races, yeah. or maybe co-favorite. Yeah. Other times it's seven to one, eight to one, yeah. five to one. Like you, you let him go off on a, on a live horse yeah. at that price if you don't throw him in. I learned that lesson fairly early. I had him on the early one, did not have him in the uh, second one. He as also as he wins the second se- one. As soon as he wins the second one, you got to be like, all right, he might be having a day. That's you what know? he did. It's like, and then he wins his third, and you're like, okay, like he's. Yeah, the, the don't, leave him, yeah the don't leave him off the ticket. And then yeah. he wins his fourth, and you're like, okay, maybe he's done. And then he wins one more. You know? Yeah. Uh, I would say that my biggest disappointment in that pick five sequence is. 
uh, on the ticket that I posted in the third leg, I believe I had one, two, three, and the one was the favorite. Um, I think it was Jose Ortiz. Don't quote me on that though. And I also had the 11 hindsight. I like after the ticket was posted, I'm like, ah, I kind of like the 11 and the 11 actually won. So I didn't have that added in, which I would have liked to, but I did not have national treasure. I went against national treasure. I tried to be, you know, like I was not thinking national treasure was going to be, you know, I, I was not, I was not high on that horse. Not at all. Um, and then more you think about it, right. Because obviously, um, Johnny V was on, yeah, on a different horse, right? Yeah. So there's a rider change. You got yeah, Flavia rider change. Yeah, National got, treasure. But then when you look at it too, it was because they're both Bob Baffert horses, right? Correct or no? No, no. just the one. Just, just the one. National okay. Treasure was, yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny because I heard Bob Baffert say that uh, Johnny V said he was going to be going to the front and going to the speed. So he said he got a tip that he's going. to. It's like all right. So, I mean, ultimately, that's what won. National Treasure of the race. The fractions were ridiculous. Yeah, he went out there, burned everybody off. out in the front, and then National Treasure set off, and then yeah. was able to pull away and barely held on against uh, Senor Buscador. But yeah, um, it, it still was a great yeah. ride by Pratt. Um, but the speed figures early definitely were not where I was expecting the fractions to be, and I did not expect Johnny to go out to the front that fast. And Pratt was smart. He just laid off. He sat just off to one, two lengths, and... Uh, ran his race and was able to finish up. So, I mean, that's, that's what you want, you know, on your jockey on, on your, on your top horse and favorite. But listen, sometimes you try to beat the favorite, the favorite comes back to beat you. That one cost me, unfortunately, uh, cost me some doubles, cost me some horizontals, but, and I was talking to, uh, to Elio and Bordone, the ice man as well. And, uh, he did the same thing. I think he was, he was yeah. trying to fade the favorite. I think, I think there's a lot he of was in second going into the last race, which obviously showed yeah. out Elio for, Absolutely, yeah, third bodying place. that I mean, card. Yeah, that's, that's still amazing, still solid work. Amazing. Yeah, solid I mean, I take yeah. I take third place in a competition like that all day. Sure, but I, uh, I still think he gets a seat. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how that works. I'm not sure how the competitions work. I'm not too versed in that. Like, obviously, I've yeah. never entered in. One I, I think I th- if I'm understanding correctly. I think top first place got like prize money. Yeah, but the top five or whatever get seats. So I think he has a seat uh, at the final table here for. Uh, for the tournament, but yeah. uh, still leading with one race to go, you know, your nuts are yeah. down I mean, yeah, so he's, yeah, he's second place. I think he was second place. Yeah, just sitting there waiting. And yeah, obviously going against National Treasure was the play, I think, for most people. But I mean, if he would have put it on there, I don't know how much it would have changed. He know? had $500 doubles going with four horses in that race yeah. other than National Treasure. So he had Buscador. Yeah. He had Skippy Longstockings, which Ugh. got pulled yeah. up, but is doing okay. He also, yeah. You know, he hustled from the outside from the yeah. position and was well within contention and tried to keep up with those fractions. And mm. it was just it was just too much uh, for Skippy, but he had four going in that race. Yeah, that's that's quite the rush. And yeah. Uh, he tried, yeah, absolutely. And he tried yeah. to beat the favorite, but nonetheless, great, great finish to. Uh, yeah, good to, to see turn. him uh, carrying the syndicate. Yeah, you know? yeah. You typically, absolutely. typically on race days, you'll see Dave, po- you know, post. Uh, yeah, you know, shit like, yeah, like, like just oh, the, you know, he comes and bets my money. It's fifth now, race. Yeah. We're going home. Elio yeah. comes right out the <laughs> gates and just absolutely bodies the card. So yeah, he hit with a nice one early. Yep, uh, he got nosed out out of a nasty oh. one. It was like, I mean, that I mean, bad. I, I yeah. was I got nosed out of the same race. Yeah. I never Horrible. thought. I never thought no. that. Uh, I think that was. The, I can't remember what race that was now, but it's like the thirteen. I think was the second. The horse that finished second. Maybe even been Irad that came in second. I don't remember. It was like or, at the wire. No, it, was, it, was, it was Murphy. Yeah, it was Murphy got on. second, yeah. and I was like, gotta, just got burned. Gotta be kidding yeah. me. Because I think it was maybe Irad in second or something yes. like that. And yeah. then he was just holding on, and then 
just got nosed out. Just got out. nosed out. Like, oh, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, that was, that was that was like was that was like that was yeah. big money. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I mean, I wish I wish to have some success like that at Gulfstream in this championship meet one day. You know, it was really good. It's really uh, really fun to see that. And then I see everybody's uh, all up in arms about the influencer that they had do the riders up call for the Pegasus. I didn't catch any of that. Yeah, I just I caught it after the fact. I don't even know who this influencer. is. I don't either. I mean, I'm not really versed in the uh, influencer. World. I know some of them, but like you know. Ultimately, I was thinking about it, right? Because everybody's making a big deal about it, which I think the intent was good, obviously, right? They're trying to get more people to look yeah. at the sport, right? She's somebody that's way outside of the sport, right? Mm-hmm. But trying to bring eyes to it. Cool. Um, do you think that's going to yield results? Who knows? I mean, I guess it's it's up for interpretation considering that her it's demographic. Something, it's something new, right? Yeah. It's not um, it's not a retired jockey. Yeah. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a movie star, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if she really cares uh, yeah. about I mean, she was, she was, she posted a TikTok and was like, she was betting. And then she was also saying like, betting is addictive and I'm losing all my money. And I'm like, well, that's not really great for the sport. Like you just shit all over everything uh, that people don't want you to talk about. You, you know? bring them in and you send yeah. them away. She's just like, yeah. She's like, uh, watching the races. Here's me spending all my money. Uh, gambling's addictive. Here's me taking money out of the ATM. I was like, like, what do you, you know, that's sure. not, why don't you post like you winning a race yeah, or something? Show a winning ticket. Like, yeah. Oh, it's that easy. Or just watching. Yeah. Just do something <laughs> cool. Like don't post that, you know, yeah. but I think the intent was correct, right? You're trying to get more people to look at the sport and see, put sure. more eyes on it, get a younger demographic. Cause right now the demographic is probably what the average age is probably like in the thirties. If you probably think. closer to 40. Yeah. Probably that's, closer to 40, you know, thirties, forties. So I think it's male. Yeah. So I right? think the intent was good. Now, my question would be, well, you have Dave Portnoy who li- who lives in Miami. Right. Why wouldn't you ask him to do it? He's got 4 million viewers on TikTok. Yeah. Or on, on, on Twitter. Sorry. Yeah. X. He's got 4 million followers. I don't know. He posted something of that uh, extension as well. Like, I, d- I don't know why. Like the influencer route makes sense, but it just doesn't make that much sense. That'd be, that'd be a good question, obviously, for him. Yeah. I, I know that he. Something that goes to all the races. I know he appreciates horse racing. Yeah. I think that's why he's never had anything to do with horse racing in the barstool realm. Mm-hmm. He, has, he hasn't brought that in. I think he just respects the sport too much. Yeah. Obviously, he owns horses. He's been going to all the major tracks. He goes to all the major events. Right. Um, he's probably one of the biggest fans, and he probably has probably some of the biggest influence for that age demographic that you're looking for, mm-hmm. that, yeah, you, I mean, that you're trying to bring in. Yeah. So, I mean, is do we... What is it though that we're talking about? Is it is it on Dave just to do it on his own, or is it someone to approach him? Someone would have to like ask. Rapoli, him, right? Yeah, right. Has been like, yeah, he's doctored himself here as the uh, the president of horse racing, or yeah. whatever you want to call it, commissioner. Like, I think or whatever, commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, is is that what it takes? Is that we you know you have to formally yeah. ask? Is there is there a money behind it that we're trying to do? Or is it you know? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Really I think know. the intent was to try to bring a younger demographic, somebody that's an influencer, somebody that. You know, it was all dressed yeah. up and fancy. I get it. I understand. I think maybe you could have made a better choice on an influencer standpoint, right? Like somebody that's actually there. Yeah. Also, like if you're reaching out to people, I'm sure there's a ton of people that live in Miami, a ton of people that are there that you could ask. Like even if you ask like somebody from a standpoint of like a, you know, a, a, an actress or an actor or, you know, somebody, people yeah. that are involved in horse racing. Well, they do. Well. So it's funny you say that because on Breeders' Cup Day, there's a lot of actors and actresses that, uh, only really, you really only see them basically on the yeah uh, for the Breeders' Cup. You don't yeah. see them in the in the other yeah the Kentucky races. Derby. Yeah, the, the Kentucky Derby is a big one, right? All yeah. the, but when it comes up, up like they're there, they're, yeah. they're big name people, and that's the event they go to. 
I would say it's also probably because it's predominantly in California. So yeah, that's kind of like in their neck of the woods. So they sure. go to those events. I don't know. But I think, yeah, like I said, the intent was correct. Do I think they made the right choice in who they selected? I don't know. You know, I don't really care to be totally yeah. honest. I mean, but uh, I think they probably could have picked somebody different, male or female. I, I think there's just yeah. somebody that's maybe in the world or, you know. Well, I, I think they have options. Yeah. There's options out there to be able to bring certain talent into the uh, to the industry. I don't I don't know what they I don't know what they're going to do. I think it's great if you can bring in if you have a uh, hold on that demographic and that age group. Yeah. Why not bring somebody who has that influence, yeah. you know, and so. Yeah, I mean, like I said. Yeah. And they also had like a DJ or something there in the after party of the Pegasus, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I know they talked about that. I kind of followed a little bit of what's going on with that, but that's what attracts the younger demographics, the younger groups is like it's the party, it's the experience, it's the Yeah. you know. Yeah. That that's that's the draw, and it's you got to mix that in with the horses and the gambling sure. and and so on and so forth. But I don't know. I don't get paid to figure that out. Hopefully, somebody. No. I just thought it was like ass and I that you don't ask one of the biggest, you know. I would biggest personalities, whether it's you know horse racing or sports or in general, to come there and just be like for one time. Especially since he lives in Miami, like yeah. uh, to do the riders up call, it makes more sense to me than I just don't see. You know. I mean, I, I I don't see why not. Yeah, he's been he's been around and doing it for a while. Yeah, he started the business for yeah. for God's sakes yeah. with horse racing. So interesting conversation. Yeah, and then he had the uh, what else did we miss? Well, the Eclipse Awards happened. Um, fierceness, right? One, um, mm-hmm. and I actually liked. I, I did enjoy Rapoli's um, speech. I did watch it, and some people were like kind of thrown back a little bit from. Cause he swore in his speech or whatever and yeah. whatever. But I mean, the things he's saying is, is accurate, you know, thought it was pretty important or a pretty good, you know, representation of how most people feel, you know? Agreed. So I thought it was, um, say what you want. He's doing his part. Yeah. You know, um, he's, he's very poignant to say he's on the shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Either, either let's be part of the change yeah. or continue to be the part that hasn't done anything yeah. over the last 50 years. Uh, he's not asking everybody to jump on the bandwagon, but he makes a, some great issues. Like there are changes that need to be made. It only happens if everybody is on board. Mm-hmm. If you're not on board, there's not going to be a change. Yeah, it, it, everyone's going to be aligned. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm with him on that. Like I said, he's a little boisterous at times. He's a little uh, he's a little out there in certain situations. But I mean, in that point at that time, with everybody watching and everyone mm-hmm. listening, um, I thought it was a pretty good, maybe a meaningful you know, speech to give at the end there. Yeah. Which I think is good. I also wish, I guess going out back to the eclipse awards here too, I wish they would uh, televise it better. It is yeah. a dog shit to try to find that, you it's know, impossible. to try to watch it. Yeah. It's horrible. Like, Again, like pay some money and get me on, get, get on like a, like a channel of some sort. It's not, how are we now? How's it not more mainstream? Right. It, it will be when, you know, there's, there's when advertising revenue is important. Yeah. Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, Breeders' Cup, those days, Triple Crown races, it's on NBC. NBC Sports picks it up. It's advertised. They have, they have streams. They, Christ, they even fucking show you the live stream, the draw. Yeah. You, yeah. You can never watch a draw position for, for any race other than the big races. Yeah. And they have that streamed out. So they do a good job on the big races. Like, what's the problem yeah. with the access, accessibility of the award show? Yeah. You know, like. ESPN won't pick that shit up. ESPN doesn't see any value in that. If you have a, a deal in place already with 
you know, like the big like races like NBC at the sure. time, you know, like why, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just say, Hey, we have an eclipse. Like, I bet you, you could ask a handful or a portion of people that bet yeah. on horse racing. And, and if they knew if they have an award show, I bet you a lot of them probably don't even know that they have an award show. It'd probably be a little bigger than what it is. Yeah. And I mean like, that from like interviews and conversations yeah. and like people coming in, not, not even just the yeah. people that are nominated, but other people that attend it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that attend, a lot of trainers, a lot of owners. I think it's important, Jackie. Too, right? I mean, it's like these guys, again, we talk about how they're the the hardest working athletes out there and the recognition that they, they need and they should get and yeah, deserve. deserve, you know, same thing from the trainers and, and all the connections and all the money and, and the time and the effort that they put into, to put on these big race days and everything. And, yeah. you know, very lackluster, you know, I guess showing for what should be a big night for everybody. You right. Know? So I think the biggest problem is that everybody that's like listening or everybody that likes the sport, like what, what can everybody do? Yeah. What's, what's your role? Yeah. If you're not, uh, a trainer, an owner, if you're not in the industry, you don't work in in the industry at all, but you're a fan, what can you do? Like, yeah. what, what is your role to, uh, to expand the sport? Yeah. I don't really know. I don't know what that is. I'm not saying like, I know the answer here, right? I don't know what that is. I know our job here is to do our best on the podcast, try to spread the podcast out, talk about major things that are going on, right. try to make it more positive, talk about the good things that are going on, bring up the bad shit. So that it stops. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? We've had those conversations. That's our job as, as podcasters. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. I don't know what the common guy that sits in front of his TV on a Saturday or Sunday and watches races and bets through his, uh, his app. I don't know what his role is. Keep paying the light bills at the track. <laughs> <laughs> Keep losing. No, I'm just, uh, I don't, I think that's the problem. Yeah. Right. Uh, the NFL, NBA, M, uh, MLB, they all have, they have people to do this. Yeah. How, how, what's going on with our business, our business model? How can we make it better? Um, horse racing doesn't have that. There's, there's nobody out there looking for the betterment. Yeah. Um, it's almost like everybody is well, up for there's themselves. There's so many different uh, tracks, so many different people running Different things, bodies, different controlling Different bodies. areas. Yeah. yeah so there's, there's so much so to again, keep track of, but there's no one unified governing body, which- I don't know sense. what that looks like. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like for a sport that I don't want to lose. Yeah, but whatever it is, who's ever got the answers, share them. Yeah, start. You know, I think that's what Rapoli's doing. He's just trying to be like, what here's where do? it starts. Yeah. Here's what we can do. Yeah, have the conversation. At yeah. least. and he's speaking to the the higher uh, powers that be. Yeah, to, to the industry itself. I don't know what we as as smaller parts, smaller spokes in the wheel can do, but whatever it is, if there is anything, that's what we need to do. Right. Whatever, whatever it is, when it comes up, like, hey, this is what you can do do it yeah that, that's it i think from an owner standpoint too right if you have horses with a certain trainer that's maybe banned from the kentucky derby and you have the option oh. to move them to a different barn to let those horses compete in the biggest race of the year i think that's something you could do to also betterment the sport right and get them to race in the big day rather than keeping them with said trainer i mean if uh yeah, it's good it's, it's a good point if the kansas city chiefs were not allowed to, to go to the, Super, the Bowl super bowl next year yeah but they could still play the regular season. They just couldn't go to the Super yeah. Bowl. Um, what does that season look like? And does the winner get an asterisk? Because right now, Kansas City would be considered one of the best teams for four out of five years. So how do we look at the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown races when it comes to horses that aren't being entered in because of a violation from a trainer? Well, it's interesting, right? So Churchill um, moved the date up like a month, I think it was, from what I think it was last year, something like that. Okay. Um, so they changed the date. They also said, obviously, they expanded the ban, so he's not going to be able to race this year. Um, and then 
like I said, they they move that data for the trade for the owners to make a decision when they're if they're going to move their horses to a different barn. Yeah, right. And I guess trainers came out or owners owners yeah. came out and said, uh, we're not moving. We're standing with you know Bob Baffert, and you know we don't want uh, you know the stress on the horse to move it to a different barn, change feed, uh, workout regimen. It could be very stressful on these horses. I get it. I guess. But again, I I understand it. From again, the, though, if you horses, have a beast, though, you know, if you have a monster of a horse, and you're just never gonna, you know, see a race in the the Kentucky Derby, I don't, that it's ready for it or whatever. But and, and that's the other side of the coins. I don't I don't understand an owner who, you know, some of these owners. This isn't like their first opportunity to have a. Uh, let me take that back. It may be their first opportunity to have a triple crown horse or an opportunity for a Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I'm assuming they owned other horses in the past. Yep. If you own hundreds of horses, and this is the first horse as a two-year-old has been dominant, yeah. uh, been training well, looks primed to be put in position to some greatest stakes races and prep races for the Derby. Mm-hmm. If this is your opportunity, why are you not moving barns? I would, you know, well, I don't, I, I don't want to get sued here. So I'm going to, you know, no, I, <laughs> just, I think there's two, but, ways uh, look, two ways to look. Yeah. Either sit back and go, this is what's best for the horse and his in their opinion and we're just going to stay with bob and we'll just go after graded stakes races and other races and wait till we get to you know yeah. our four-year-old campaign or later on in, in graded stakes races non non triple crown races that's fine yeah. but i mean if this is your opportunity i know a lot of trainers that when i see the kentucky derby like you know i've been doing this for 30 years and uh, we finally have a contender i'll go back to two fills last year mm-hmm. and talking to you know ravelli and, and the ownership group yeah. about their opportunity that this was this was huge for them. They enjoyed the experience. They were they were yeah. pumped. They finally were able to to have this experience. Uh, win, lose, or draw. They were going in with that. We got here. So, yeah, and I, th- I think I look at that right. That same situation, right? Like n- obviously not Ravelli. We're talking about Bob Baffert's situation, right? Yeah. Um, but Ravelli, the connections that he has, the the partnership that he has with the connections. Like I don't know if they would ever make the change from Barn either. You know what I'm saying? Because of the relationship right. they have, which so I right. understand maybe a little bit more why the connections, now that you're thinking about it a little bit, maybe that's why the connections didn't move. But I think Ravelli, being the person that I feel like he is, would have been like, no, suggested. You need to, yeah, you need to move this yeah. horse to a different barn because it's capable of winning. Yeah. Now I look at it from that standpoint and I'm like thinking like, okay, looking at character, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just, just me, my outside looking in. I feel like if I were Bob Baffert and I knew there was a monster, I wouldn't be like, hey, let's hold him out of the Kentucky Derby, but let's attack all these races at, you know, yeah. the rest of the year. Let's, I'm going to say you should move this horse to Yakteen's barn. Let him race his horse. After the Derby, we can look at working this horse back into the barn or whatever, whatever the case may be, right? And we can target those races still. But almost seems like almost a selfish uh, almost a, a selfish move where he's he's yeah. not telling him to move him, or maybe he did, and maybe they I just, just say, said we don't maybe, know those don't conversations. Know. But in my I mean, opinion, I would like to think, yeah. I'd like to think that Bob, as a trainer and a promoter of the sport, was telling the owners, like, look, you've got you've got a great opportunity in in this colt, and I think the best the best thing for you yeah. and the horse is, I think he's got a legit shot, and you should probably move yeah. Barnes. And they could be like, Bob, we're not leaving yeah. you. I don't care. Maybe they're standing maybe, solid. That's, that's fine. Extended we it. don't know yeah. those conversations, but right. I will tell you what you just said is probably ninety five percent of the viewing public goes, "What a greedy fuck Bob Baffert's like." I'm not moving yeah. shit. It's not his decision. Yeah, ultimately, it's, it's the, the owner's, owner's decision. And if the owners just want to stay with Bob out of loyalty, that's different. That's one yeah. thing. If Bob is like, "No, this is what we should do." He's this one is what of we the should salesmen. do. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I would, I would like to think the owners are like, Bob, this is a triple crown yeah. horse. We're going to move him out of your bar. We'll talk yeah. after the triple crown, moving back. We, yeah. we love you as a trainer, but we want our opportunity. Yeah. So give or take. I'd love that. Yeah. I guess I'd love to be a fly on yeah, the wall. Yeah. Great. Conversations, but absolutely. Listen, I don't know, but I just think that the persona and how the public looks at that situation yeah. is Bob's being a, a little bit of a governing, taking my ball and going home. Yeah. And you're not going to see this. Which, great I mean, I can see, right. They did extend. I don't the, know. The, the, the ban on him. So I yeah. mean, that would piss me off. I'd be like, you know, fuck you. I'm not doing that. You know? So I get it. Yeah. I an interesting world we live in when it comes to the sport. You it's never not know doing what you're a lot to get. help promote the positivity no, of no, horse racing. Not, Let's just not, say that. Yeah. Uh, this is it is comical. Stuff. It is also funny to see somebody that is in, uh, you know, the process of fighting legal ramifications is still posting on Twitter too. I think it's pretty funny. If you're not getting sued in this country, you ain't doing something right. So. <laughs> uh, one of them, I, I, I don't mind. One of them, I don't mind. The other one, I think is a complete idiot, you know? So, yes. Um, one of one of them is a responsible person on Twitter. The other one is just, you know, loose cannon and post whatever. Literally like whatever, but my life's been a lot better not yeah. following the drama for oh, I, fucking goofball. I, I can't, I can't look away. Oh, I, I've cleared. I've cleared the debris out. The accident's been cleared. The shit's been swept up. I, have, I don't have to look at it driving down the highway anymore. But uh, of Twitter, yeah. I mean, that must be nice. It probably would be nice to do that. But it is. Although I, I do catch some crossfire once in a while with people that I do follow commenting or getting in the uh, discussions. Yeah. It's like, dude, I just need to stay away from that, like you know, the plague. But that is. Uh, I think that's all the news that we have to cover. I mean, obviously, we've got a big race weekend this weekend as well, right? We're going to handicap the the holy, holy bull, bull card. Yeah, yeah, interesting card, and I think you're going to look at it either one way or you're going to look at it totally different. You know, on the whole, yeah. like it's fear. I guess the question is it fierceness or the field? Fierceness the field. That'd yeah. be the stats call, right? Yeah, yeah, fierceness or the field. We'll get to that. Uh, but let's go ahead and cap these uh, last five races of the day on Saturday, starting in the eighth race at Gulfstream Park. Uh, Eighth race again. Let's check the weather real quick. I don't. I think there's only like two turf races in this sequence. But if I don't check the t- the weather right now and they're off the turf, sunny and seventy five uh, for Saturday. Yeah. How's Friday look? Friday partly cloudy and seventy seven. No rain. No rain. Okay. Because I would tell you right now, there's a chance with we've been there. I know it rains and then dries up pretty fast. But if they have consecutive days of rain, you got to worry about turf opportunities. But as of right now, if we got two days away. We're planning for turf. So eighth race is a mile and sixteenth. It's on the turf. It's the Grade Three Swedish Chance Stakes. The purse of one hundred seventy-five thousand uh, dollars for three-year-old fillies. The rail is going to be at forty-five feet, so it will be extended for this race. Uh, that obviously puts me on speed, um, or at least near the front. I'm going to take the uh, the four on this one. That's Pharaoh's Wine with Luis Saez. This is a, obviously a horse out of American Pharaoh, and. You know, the last race here was uh, taken off the turf, and its initial debut race was a five furlong dirt race. Both of those are probably, I would say, it's probably its worst showings, obviously, and worst position finishes. Fifth by 42 lengths, and it looks like out there by five lengths. Now, when you look at the turf races in the middle part of this uh, this sandwich uh, on, the, on the form, you've got an Ellis Park race, uh, 70,000 just missing uh, with Chuan in the saddle. you got a Kentucky Downs race where it finally broke its maiden at $150,000. That was in September. And then a little gap here to October where it ran in the Jessamine and it came in second off the pace as well. So this horse has come off the pace and it's tried to do wire wins. Uh, so it's kind of tactical. That's what I like about it, especially when you have Louis size. The downside here is that I've never been, I like Dale Romans, but I'm not a big uh, Dale Romans fan when it comes to graded stakes races. So it does give me some concern. However, the workouts are sensational. 
Invitational. Since the layoff in November 26, you got a January 8th workout at Gulfstream, four furlongs and 46 and one. Followed that up on January 20th, four furlongs and 46 and one. Uh, that was the best of 89 that day. And then just an easy 48 and four uh, right along with it um, uh, prior to the race here on January 27th. So I, I like the connections. I like Louie in a, in a good position. Speed figures aren't all that great, but haven't steadily improving minus the last race. So if I put that on top, hopefully going to get a price. The ones that are obviously more obvious that I'm going to put on top with it or above would be the seven, which is a uh, million with uh, Oyson Murphy. I think that one has a good, decent chance as well. I think life's an audible. The one I read always a threat, especially on these big days. And of course the six uh, dynamic pricing, this would be a, a second time starter. First off it's maiden debut win at 85,000 at a mile 16th with uh, Manny Franco now getting Jose Ortiz for Chad Brown. Just wish Chad Brown's record was a little better at Gulfstream that's Park. Why I'm right off. So that's why I got it in the second, possibly third position. So I got four with the seven one six. Yeah, um, I did not have the four. Um, I can see why you like the four. I think uh, everything you said there kind of convinced me to possibly throw it on the card, maybe underneath here. It's, pro- it's probably an underneath. I'm stretching yeah, a little bit, so I, I will give you that. I'm on the one. Um, I, yeah. I am on the Irad-Todd Pletcher connection here. Obviously, Rapoli, we just talked about him. Um, everything there, I'm looking. F- so the way I handicap the turf routes um, is going to be from a closing a- aspect, right? Yeah, or mid-pack right. stalker and then closing yep. down the stretch, right? That's how I've been handicapping these uh, these races, and I think it's been pretty successful for the most part. Um, I'm looking at that last race, right? So off the layoff, this horse comes out, starts out the gate at sixth place or six lengths back, ninth, ninth place, was able to close down and end up losing the race by two and a quarter. But I think, in my opinion, you get Irad here, right? You get Irad and put him in a good position, break better than he did last time, really take this race and 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 really, really want it, I guess, is kind of the way I want to put it. And I think if he does that and he puts his horse way closer, this horse could be the one, scr- you know, screaming down the end. Agreed. So I think the one is going to be on my on my top yeah. um, with the three. Um, I like the style points. I like Tyler Gaffleone. I like Christoph Clement. He's the new jockey for Christoph now that Rosario is out in California. He's getting the big mounts. He's getting the big opportunities. I wasn't a big fan, obviously, uh, breaking the maiden and then coming into a, a grade two. I'm never really a big fan of that. Yeah, big job. Um, but I think underneath, you know, coming late or, you know, fading late, um, we'll be closer to the front, but I don't think he's got enough to win. I like the seven underneath as well. I think the seven, if you take a look at this horse, right, that's Milliot, uh, O'Shane mm-hmm. Murphy, again, a, a jockey that always is constantly giving his best effort. Um, going to be coming late, just like Irad is. I think he's going to be a little bit further back, maybe a little too far back, um, but enough to maybe pick up the piece for a second. And then I also had the eight. Um, so Golden Ghost, that's Paco Lopez, Mark ah. Cassie. Um, I think that horse, again, going to be stalking, going to be right there. I think he's very classy. Um, taking a big step up here, which is what concerned me. But again, a horse that I could see underneath. I'm really sold on the one. So I've got the one with the three, seven, and eight for my exacto. One with the three, seven, eight. I, uh, just going back, the one stretching out a little bit, that definitely helps. Mm-hmm. I think it really bodes well for this horse that, I mean, running in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies uh, turf, uh, probably a big step up here. Probably the classiest out of all of them here. It makes a lot of sense coming off the pace. Surprisingly, these off-pace horses that you're talking about on these on these turfs have not been that far back, though. Like it's not like they're coming from 20 lengths back or 10 lengths back. They're actually still pretty close. So as long as you can be within five, six lengths on these routes, you're still well within contention. And the one is one that's actually at the second call, still sitting here about two to four lengths every race. So it really does bode well for the one. I did like your three as well underneath, but I thought the big jump might be a little too much. Third time out, first after breaking the maiden. And uh, we're both on that seven underneath. Paco on the eight is a... it's another one jumping up after an optional claiming 75000 to a graded stakes race. But uh, 
you know, interesting enough. I think we were both keen in on the one. I think you, you talked me more on the one on top. Yeah. I think I talked to you more for the four underneath. So, uh, uh, interesting. We'll see what happens on that. Let's go to the uh, next race here. Ninth race, seven furlongs. It is the Swale Stakes, purse of $125,000 for three-year-olds. This one I'm going with I ran at the rail. I like Bertinato. <laughs> There's no reason I can go against this horse here. Uh, three non-graded stakes races, back-to-back-to-back. Uh, to back to back. Uh, only raced at Gulfstream, four wins, one-third. Uh, that's five times in the money on five starts. Uh, broke its maiden on debut at 55000 Horses got some great times, great fractions, great workouts since the layoff on December 2nd. I love the workout that he had on January 6th at 47 and 4 for four furlongs. And then just recently on January 20th, four furlongs at 47 and 4. Uh, you want to look at January 13th? I'm not mad at that either at 48 and 1, but I mean, he has been improving. And then a nice little blowout here just at 52 flat for four furlongs on January 7th prior to the race day. So I don't see any reason why this horse coming off the rail, it, it should go to the front or near a stalking trip. It seems to be the one to beat to me. I think the three underneath that are all going to be from the outside that I want to key it with in the exactas or tries. I'm going to put it on top with Legalize, who's also going to be going to the front and also has some great workouts as well. I'm really positive on that January 7th workout, 47 and three. Uh, that one, for me, the most part from the fairgrounds, I really like the way that the horse uh, had worked out. I think that was the one that set out the most for me. Those speed figures in 98 and 93 last two times as well at a maiden 120 and the non-graded stakes race. Those are high numbers uh, when you're talking about your second time uh, on a track and third time. Not saying the one doesn't have decent speed figures either at 98 and 100 previously, but that's the one I'd be concerned about underneath that I have currently in the second position would be the seven legalized. But I also think the eight and the nine have opportunity too. Squints looks good to me too. Not the high speed figures, but here's one that I think that if you're looking from a distance perspective at seven furlongs, this really fits the bill for squints uh, for Kelly Breen. And I think Frankie's Empire with Miggy Vasquez. This is kind of a tricky one. Has run some non-graded stakes races and a couple optional claiming races and really only wins the optional claiming race when it comes to the big race day, just have, hasn't really been there for the bigger price. And now that you're moving up to this, you know, $125,000 non graded stakes race, just asking for something else. But the big thing here is that it, it's out of the barn from uh, from Susan Crowell and it's going over to Michael Yates. And so the barn switch, I think, is positive. Uh, first start with the trainer, 70%, 33 in the money uh, for Michael Yates. And I'm going to put Frankie's Empire underneath with Miggy Vasquez, hopefully at a price. So that's my that's my lineup. I'm going to take the one on top of the 798. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think the one's going to be really hard to beat. The reason why I'm going against the one here, and I'll tell you who my top pick is, is that I think the seven legalized, like you mentioned, the other one that's got a, a yeah. really good shot Scary. is going to go out there and press with the one, right? So I actually landed on the eight as my top pick. Um, <clears throat> again, for the things I mentioned there, right, I think there's going to be a very big speed duel at the top. I think they're going to be they're going to be going fast, and mm -hmm. I'm looking for a horse that's just going to be sitting there biding this time, and that's going to be Jose on the Kelly Breen horse, like you just mentioned. Squints, I think he's got a really good opportunity to just sit there and be patient. The horse should be three for three. Um, got an absolute shit ride from Manessis last time, or two starts back. Um, yeah. Bumped at the start, checked three, four wide, doesn't really matter, never really in the race. Um you get, uh, you get, I mean, even if you just get Diaz back on, it, I think you're getting a better mount there. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think this horse should be three for three. I think it's a very sneaky pick. I think you're also going to get a pretty good price on it. I like the workouts. I like everything I'm seeing there. And like I said, I think the one who I have underneath is going to be in a speed duel with the seven. Uh, I read and Saya is trying to see who's going to go faster at the quarter. And I think you're going to see somewhere close to, a, you know, a 21 and change because they're both going to want the front. Yeah. They'll be cooking. Yeah. So unless they hold on, which it, it could very well be because they can go these fast fractions, but I think that's a lot to ask out of these horses um the one thing i would say to the one is that that significant class drop right dropping the price there um i think is probably going to be enough to 
if anybody wins this race other than, you know, my pick, I think it's going to be the one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm going to go with the price, you know, I'm going to go with a little bit more of a sneaky pick here. So I have eight with the one seven straight up eight with the one seven. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I wish you would have seen, you, you mentioned the bad race at Gulfstream park on October 21st. Uh, that's the race that the one actually beat, you know, the eight out at, uh, that time out. I really wish we would have gotten to seen them too. And the eight actually in its best form without the troubled trip. Cause you'd probably get a little better understanding of the capabilities of the eight, but you're going to see it on, you're going to see it on Saturday. You're finally going to get that matchup and hopefully a clean trip and see who's got the better hand here. But uh, to know that Ber, uh, Bernardo has already beaten this horse was kind of an advantage here. And the class drop was a, actually also another significant factor. I'm putting the one above, but um, interesting. We're kind of aligned in that one. Uh, let's go to the 10th race. 10th race, seven furlongs. It's the grade three forward gal. Philly's three years old. Uh, I have three in this race. I don't really want to take one on top, so I'm just going to give you all three of mine, and I'll maybe just talk about one of the three, but I think they all have equal chance. If I had to pick one on top, I'll go with our Harper Rose, the four. This is mm-hmm. this is my more favorite of the three that I love, but I think it's going to be very close. These will also be almost two with the similar trips that I'm expecting and one with a totally different trip. And that's why I like it. But our Harper Rose should be well near the front, 86 speed figures, 92 and 93 after its debut uh, on breaking its maiden three wins, one second last time out, just got beat, fell off the pace at a mile and a 16th. So we're cutting it back, which I love ran the mile and a 16th route. Let's, let's go ahead and just bring it back into seven furlongs and put it in a grade three. So I think Safi's doing a great job here at managing this horse's capabilities and putting it in a good spot. Uh, the two workouts since then, uh, last race on December 2nd. So the workouts on January 8th, uh, Gulfstream Park, four furlongs and 45 and four. And then I love the five furlongs in a minute and two. That one right there screams to me that we're uh, really going to target this six furlongs to get the horse back to running these sprint races. Bump up in class, not worried about. I'm going to take the four as my top of the three. Mm-hmm. But I think a similar trip is what you're going to get from uh, Nikitas, uh, which is the five with Irad. You should see something very similar. Forwardly placed, not as close early on, but making that progressive second move, uh, middle move, and then closing out. It took four tries to break its maiden, and it had a drop down from 137 down to 85. But seven furlongs seems to be its targeted uh, area. It didn't like the turf. It didn't like 100, a mile and a 16th. So we're getting back to the sprint where it's a little more comfortable, and you're getting Irad. So I think this is a good possibility for Chad Brown maybe to get the win. But I'm still going to put it more of a second choice underneath our Harper's Rose. But Chai Chai, the three, is the other one that really scares me. 89-speed figure, two back, and a six-for-a-long race. Put it in a route for a mile. Four non-graded stakes races in a row. And uh, now coming back down for a grade three. Move up in class. But again, the cutback and distance puts it back in the sprint where it's probably going to be a little better for uh, Junior Alvarado and uh, Herman Walensky. I like that combination a lot. Uh, They don't team up that often, but I think that he's sitting in a good spot. I'll take the four on top with the three, five, but uh, I think the five could be a wild card to, to go ahead and sit a little better trip. You got the smart, smart jockey, obviously in uh, an Irad Ortiz. And I think junior Alvarado is always, uh, always kind of dangerous for off the pace horses where Chai Chai should be coming from. So that's my three, four, three, five. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm pretty, well, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the, uh, the five or the four, sorry, our Harper Rose. I think that was, you know, it's a horse that you got to look at, right? It's it's that connection that you see in Florida um, throughout the year. It's Safi, it's Edgar. I mean, they, everything you see on the forum is, is very much something you should put into play. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it probably is going to go off the favorite, I would think. I'm not entirely sure if you were seeing the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go a little bit outside of that. Uh, I'm going to go with the six. I'm going to take Jose on Scalable. Mm-hmm. Um, so this horse, it's interesting, right? 
And typically, I don't know if I would pick this horse, but I'm looking at this horse going into a grade two and a grade one. Obviously, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies race was big, um, finished fifth, right? Really to make a make a splash there. Um, but the last time out at Gulfstream over the surface, um, one by six lengths, right? Mm-hmm. Breaking its maiden in impressive fashion, posting a high speed figure, looking like it did it with ease, um, I think is something to note. And typically, I wouldn't go with a horse that's just breaking its maiden, right? I, I, that's not something I typically like to do or see. But this horse has already been tested, right? This horse right. has already been in the big field. It's been a been, been bigger field and tougher class than this race, I think. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, if, if you're really looking at a horse, it reminds me of the horse we were talking about at Fairgrounds. Remember the horse that was in the Breeders' Cup? It was a Brian Hernandez horse. We were like, hey, let's discredit him. He was yeah, a, exactly. no idea what they're doing with this horse. It doesn't make any sense. And then I look at that race and he ends up winning. Right. Mm -hmm. Very similar vibes in this race for me, which is what I looked at. So I saw this horse. I said, hey, this horse is in the Breeders' Cup. It's been in the grade twos. Hasn't won. Hasn't really done much. Just broke its maiden by six lengths. That's impressive. Maybe that was just too much too soon. Right. Um, So I threw that horse on the top. So I have the six. Um, Like I said, I'm with you with the four. I think the four is very impressive. I think the four is posted a lot of things that on a typical day, on a normal day, I'd probably put on top. Um, I think just this horse is very, very impressive. And, And when it wins, it doesn't do it you know, barely it, it wins with ease, right? Convincing yeah, wins right. every single Agreed. time. So I think it's impressive to note. Um, I'm with you on the four. And then I had the two oh. very similar um, reasoning, I guess you could say, right? I mean, this horse is winning on impressive fashion, a convincing win every single time, posting very high speed figures. You're getting Tyler Gaffleon, you're getting Michael Yates. I think for a second place, a horse that's going to be right there. It's going to be the speed. He's going to try to go out there. So is the four. They might burn each other out a little bit as well. Um, but this horse, again, is right there hitting the board at a pretty high, high clip. I'm going to have the two underneath. So I landed on six with the uh, two four. I did like the two. And I think uh, the barn alone, Yates is 33% in the money. So mm-hmm. a really decent uh, decent turnout here for a, a smaller barn, 28 opportunities so far this year. And the workouts have been good. I did like Tyler underneath on that horse in the two. My only like fallback on scalable on the six is that he broke his maiden. Yeah. Listen, he's got a lot of class races, mm-hmm. but that maiden race that he won was a field of four. Yep. And I think this horse is more designed for, for route. Honestly, I, 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 I think it's like if you're looking at the, the, the races overall, it improved in that Breeders' Cup race. Yep. It closed a lot of ground, closed up six lengths over the course of a mile on the 16th and wound up fifth by only five lengths. So it was moving. It was a long shot, but yep. that was that was against just FYI, Jody's Pride. I mean, there's a lot of candy. There's a lot of good quality horses in there. Um, my Like I said, my only concern is I yep. think seven furlongs is not the ideal distance. I think it would prefer a mile. I think it would have a better opportunity, but yeah. we'll see. And I think if you look at that race, right, I think with the layoff, I don't think they wanted to go and rush this horse into, you know, a crazy, you yeah. know, I don't know what the condition book, you know, what the conditions were either. Right? I think they're just trying to get a race, um, get this horse back in the form. And they've been I pretty cautious. This. Yeah, they've been, they've been pretty cautious with. Yeah, it. they take their time. Debut with this in horse. September, yep. follow back up a month later in October, yep. a November. month later November. Took gave a couple it, months. Give her two months off. Back in January, now another month. So yep. the workout, Todd's got her on a strict same normal workout and name uh, normal race pattern. Mm-hmm. So uh, minus the two two month gap here between November and January. So I. I'm not Todd Bletcher. I'm sure he knows what the hell he's doing. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, we'll see how uh, see how she runs at seven furlongs. Uh, let's see what the price is, too, on that. So to find out. Yeah, I'd like to see. Yeah, that would also be indicative of how I bet that race. But uh, race 11, let's move on. Mile 16th on the turf. It's the grade three Kittens Joy. It's a purse of $175,000 for three-year-olds. Rails at 45 feet again. Now, this one this one is almost like, I, I this probably may be my key race, I think, in the sequence, which is crazy because I never like keying you know, in the fourth leg in a pick five, 
But the three Tacoya with Luis Saez for Steve Claseris is just lights out for me. And I know you, you might say, we're going a little bigger in distance. We're moving up in class. I'm just going strictly on form. And I know that he's been beat by a few horses in this race. Uh, he's beat another horse in this race. I think it just fits. I, I, th- I think the mile in a 16th is ideal. I like the distance. Uh, I like the conditions. I like the current workouts. There's really not much I don't like about this horse ever since they switched it over from dirt to turf, uh, which was just back in October 28th of last year. Finally, they got to a surface that they could be consistent and they're running in at the routes instead of the sprints. And it's just been a totally different horse. So I like the mile in the 16th and Steve Scalzares, they have a great, great meet right now at Gulfstream Park. And I think the combination with Saez, who likes to go to the front, who rates horses very well, I'd beg to differ that probably 50% of his wins are coming on the front end, uh, maybe even more. Uh, He's not a big off-the-pace kind of jock. He's definitely not a closing jock in most cases. But when he's got a front-running horse that he can rate, he's just been lights out. I really love Tokoyo. I see it being the lone speed here. I don't think they have to go the heavy fractions uh, that they may anticipate in some of the other races that it's already been out and competed against. Um, again, it's a grade three, so it is a jump up, but I think it's a great opportunity for a graded stakes win for this horse trainer in connections underneath. I'm going to take the four, uh, which is uh, a gate road. Now this is one that, uh, obviously Takayo has run against and, uh, beat last time out at a mile, uh, at Gulfstream park. So I'm going to throw Jose and, uh, Todd Pletcher's horse, a gate road, obviously for second and to wrap it up, I guess my only third option that I'm putting here, cause I'm going to try to keep this, uh, kind of minimalized would be the nine, uh, noted. This is another one that's run against the same group. They've competed a few times. If you exclude the dirt races and you focus on the turf races, there's not a lot to not like about noted. The distance seems to scream well at a mile and the 16th on the routes. Uh, the horse has been very consistent. Speed figures are strong on the grass. 88, 79, 74, and 80 on debut. Workouts have been decent. Again, this is Todd Pletcher's barn. He's got a couple in here, so he'll be able to do what he wants. But noted should be off the pace and coming late. And if Irad's having a day early, I may reverse and put uh, noted on top. But I'm going to stick here with trying to get speed at a, at a price and dictating the pace. Three with the four and nine, but that nine could possibly get bumped up. Yeah, we've got some similar horses in there. Um, I call me crazy, but I like Tyler on the six um, with Brendan Walsh, number one. I would call you crazy. (laughs) Some might call me crazy because, I mean, on paper, right, this horse is right there, but it's just really not getting the job done like it it should in in a race like this, right? Something you want to see is a horse coming in there maybe off of two or three wins or has them under the belt. It's got one win since broke its maiden, and then after that, it's been second, second, um, a fourth. But every single time this horse races – it's right there, right? It's, it's the not only getting blown up. Yeah, is the second itis and not finishing exactly. The deal, right? And I think uh, with, with the you. right trip, with the right trip, with uh, Tyler maybe putting this horse in a better spot and really getting lucky, and you know maybe tips off from the rail and he gets a perfect hole and he can come down and you know uh, scream by what I think uh, the favorites are going to be here in this race. I think he's got an opportunity. It's also one of those spots where I like to watch um, and see what Brendan and Tyler do from a from a race standpoint. Right, yeah. I want to know if they're going to hold him back, if they're going to go way front. Um, I think that they should sit that stalking trip because I think there is quite a bit of pace in here, but it'd be interesting so. to see what they do um, because this horse has come from kind of a wide range, right? But I mean, never more than three lengths down. So yeah, um, they're going to need 
They're going to need fractions. Yeah. To run 20, into. 23, yeah. 23 and change or yep. faster to run into. Because if, if they let speed go at 24, you're I just see the same result. Yeah, exactly. So I, I that's that's what I'm thinking, right? I like the workout, right? Four furlongs and 48 and two last time I was coming into this race, right? Yeah. Um, again, I'm big on the connection. I'm big on Tyler and Brendan Walsh with a, when they when they team up. It's it's one that I always like to to follow and note. So I've got that. Um, obviously, I'm also on the three right underneath. Um, it's a very very solid looking horse. It's going to be the speed. It's going to be the one in front, um, along with a couple other horses. But I also have here uh, the four. I looked at the four, and I I think Agate Agate Road a gate could be Agate Road Agate Road Agate, Agate, road. Agate sounds better, better um, way better than Gate Road. <laughs> but I think going to be sitting a very similar trip to Tyler, right? I think uh, also going to be stalking, right? Might be a little bit further back, yeah. depending on what kind of trip they get. But um, I think that this horse, I mean, Jose is going to put them obviously uh, where they can. But again, another horse that's ridden in the big races and has the opportunity to close down late, I think will be right there. So I've got it underneath. And then I also obviously have the nine. Um, I have noted underneath as well. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, if 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 Ired's having a, a crazy day, this is going to be one that I'm going to be scratching my head on. It's like, is this one he's going to win? Because um, you're getting to the big race next, and I don't like him in the big race. So yeah. um, he might try to close it out with a bang in the big race here um, for him. And uh, yeah, it's one I have underneath. But again, I'm just really high on the connection, and I think the trip might be uh, a little different, but might get lucky, might get the nose down first this time. Gotcha. So you got six with the 349? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. The uh, uh, Going back to what you were just saying here about Jose positioning, if he saves ground a little bit, he should be following on mm -hmm. Irad's heels. Yep. He should be sitting behind Irad and making a, a move, maybe not sweeping move, because it could be a little more... It could be a little more narrow at the front if we got lone speed out there, so it shouldn't be as congested on the tip out coming for home. Right. Um, so I just see him sitting uh, right behind Noted and then and then making that pass uh, at Noted late. But we'll we'll see that the fractions are really going to be indicative uh, if speed holds. Um, we'll just have to see what the fractions run. I think I think if Sias can run a 24, 24 and change, we'll definitely be seeing a wire to wire possibility in that race. Although it goes against. The concept, right. of the bias, yeah. which is closers on turf. Uh, but again, we've seen it. The only time we've ever seen speed holds when it's lone speed. So that could be a possibility. That's what I'm banking on. Let's go to the finale here. The 12th race. It's a mile on the 16th. It is the grade three Holy Bull. Can't believe it's a grade three, by the way. I don't know why I thought <laughs> Holy be, Bull was like a grade yeah, three. Yeah, I, I think we probably talk about that every year. I, I probably, probably have to go back to last year's podcast and look at it. But the grade three Holy Bull, purse of a quarter million dollars for three-year-olds. I just am not going to get off fierceness. I am on the fierceness bandwagon. I think just the horse's ability and what it's shown already, not only just on debut uh, at 137,000 maiden, winning by 11 lengths in a field of eight, not just when it switches to route on an off track, um, that it ran its worst race in the champagne grade one champagne. I would expect that out of the conditions, even though it broke its maiden uh, in the mud, the sloppy track conditions that were at back, uh, at Aqueduct or Belmont at Aqueduct that day uh, were enough to go ahead and, and toss that one for me. That's why I'm scratching out that second race. And then, of course, going to uh, Santa Anita in November uh, 3rd for the Breeders' Cup in the juvenile race and winning that by, you know, eight lengths at a price. Had him that day, uh, and I'm going to have him again. Johnny V, Todd Pletcher, Fierceness, 
It's their race to lose, and I'm not going to go against the favorite in a race to try to get a price when I honestly don't see it happening. Uh, I didn't see it last week. I was trying to beat the favorite. It looked too obvious. This one looks just as obvious, so I'm going to stick with the seven on top. I am going to take two underneath that I really like. I like Otello, the three. This is Saez again. This will be the third time out for this horse for Christophe Clement. Uh, nice workouts here. Decent speed figures. I like that they're working this horse a lot on the five furlong side of things. It's, it's broke its maiden, and it won a non-graded stakes race. Both of those at a mile. We're trying to go a mile in the 16th, so the workouts have been pretty much predominantly five furlongs over the last five workouts. And I, I like that. Just shows shows conditioning that Clement's trying to put into the horse for distance. And I think the one Hades of Paco Lopez is another strong contender. Last time out in state breads, seven for a long race at Gulfstream Park. Loves the track. It's won both races, two for two at Gulfstream. Uh, pretty convincing last time out, two in a field of seven, one by eight lengths, 98 speed figure. Overall, the fractions were pretty pretty flat on, 23-46, 111, and 123 and one, uh, easing it up for home. I wouldn't say pulled up here, but didn't didn't really have a challenge. Didn't need to go full bore. I think going the mile 16th is a little bit of a stretch, uh, but I did like it in a route. I think Joe Orsano does a great job with his horses as far as routes are concerned. Uh, he's obviously not showing a lot of wins, but underneath 25% first time at a route for, for the trainer, graded stakes race, 33% in the money. So I will go with the one underneath as well. I'm going to try to limit my ticket really, really small. I think there's a lot of horses in here that can do a lot of damage, could possibly be in there, but I'm going to try to restrict my ticket. I'm not going to put any of these other ones in. Just going to keep it straight and forward with a seven, uh, three, one. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, uh, like I said, this is a question of fierceness of the field, right? We talked about it when we first started handicapping. Yep. I I want to say fierceness, but I'm not playing this horse at the short price that I think we're going to get. I'm not doing it. I, I refuse to to place unless we get like nine to five or something crazy like that. Then in, in the horizontal, yeah, I'll take it. I'll I'll take. I actually uh, will take. I'd like to single my last two. I actually like to single Saez. And because I think there's a way better options yeah. for upsets and sure. price plays in the first three legs. So I actually probably will just go three, yeah. seven in the last two. Uh, and I, I can respect that. And but I, in the, I, think, I think in the verticals, you're right. Yeah. And for, for the verticals, yes. And I'm looking from a vertical standpoint, right? I, I'm not taking that short price. No, no shot in hell. I'm taking that short price. Right. Um, so I am going to go against, and you can, you can make the decision on your own on what you're going to do on race day. But I went back and watched the last uh, two years. I think it was two years. Uh, Holy bull. Right. And the one thing that you can see is consistent from the winners um, is that this horse is always making its move at, the turn and then takes the lead at the final call down the stretch yeah. and then pulls away. Right. Yep. So I'm looking at these horses. I'm trying to put these horses and peg them where I think they're going to be right. Coming down the stretch, get mm -hmm. ready for that turn. Um, and I, I actually landed on your second choice, which is, uh, was Othello? Otello. Otello. Yep. Um, Otello. I think Nutella. this horse, yeah, <laughs> Nutella. Um, yeah, I landed on, I landed on the three here as my top choice because I think that Sayas, if he gives this horse a perfect trip, right, and I think it's going to take a perfect trip to beat Fierceness here, mm -hmm. um, I don't want a horse that's on the lead. I don't want Fierceness being on the lead. I don't think it's going to be a merry-go-round race like most people think, unless this horse is a freak, which it very well could be, right? It very well could be. But I don't think it's going to go that way. I think that that horse is going to be in the front. I think that there's going to be pace going with it. And I think that the Saez is going to be sitting there being patient like he is, knows where he needs to put this horse. And when it comes to that turn, knowing that that fierceness has already got a big chunk taken out of it he's going to make his move he's going to tip off to the outside and he's going to give this horse one hell of a ride down the stretch that's where i think he's going to go i think that this horse has got you know two very impressive starts back to back um winning by 
a neck and a half of length. I think it's going to be just as close coming down the stretch. I think it's going to be very similar to how this horse has been winning. Um, Christoph has been very quiet in this meet. Um, so I think he's also due for a big day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to go against the price. I'm going to go for all those reasons. I watched the races. I looked at where I, I placed this horse right there. Um, so I've got the three on top. I've also got the five underneath. I think that no more time with Jose, this horse can be coming. Are you on um, the Jose train this yeah, week? Yeah, I think Jose's uh, probably pissed off that Irad took this show last week, and he's going to be out there <laughs> like, I need to take the show now. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to stay competitive, right? So I've got the five underneath. I've got the seven underneath, obviously. Um, I think that uh, fierceness, like I said, is going to be right there. Probably I, if I was going to go really skimpy, I would have went, you know, three, seven straight, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I also had uh, the eight C-streak. Uh, I thought this horse Panici. too, right? Panici, yeah. very, uh, very close to the front. Again, very similar trip, but I think Panici is going to give a ride. It's also probably going to be a bigger price too. I think underneath, um, kind of want to bump it up. I like the workouts that I'm seeing from this horse. Very consistent. Um, but yeah, also going to be a very patient ride, right? Maybe pick yeah. up the pieces late at a big price to get a little bit more of a chunk. Underneath. Yeah. If you're doing tries, you'd be crazy not to have a yep. uh, C streak. If it's at probably going to be at a decent price and you're underneath because the workouts have been supporting ever since it's gone yep. to the mile and it's stretching out uh, to a mile and the 16th. It, it shows a little falter late in the last time out mm-hmm. in that nine graded stakes race, but uh, really training well, really tried to compete with Atello in that race uh, stride for stride and just was able to uh, get past there pretty late. So uh, one to keep on the ticket underneath in the verticals, maybe in the third spot. The one horse that can actually go with fierceness would be the two, though, right? That'd be unveiled. Yeah. And my only concern with unveiled here is that it it I don't see the longevity at the pace they would need to go to beat fierceness. I mean, when you're looking at the debut for fierceness for me, and that's kind of what I'm going yeah. on, right? And this was in the mud, 22 flat, 44, 3, 56, 3, 109, and 2. There's nobody here that's running anywhere near those kind of fractions, just even close. You know, at, yeah. at, the, at that at those fractions, everyone is just so much farther. So I'm not seeing anybody except for the two. Like I said, they could possibly compete at, at those kind of fractions. Uh, if you look at the October 5th race for Unveiled, 22 and 2, 45 and 2, 57 and 2 are the fractions that ran the 103 and 4. That's breaking its maiden at 53,000 in a field of eight at Laurel. Again, be it as it may, uh, as far as competition or how you want to grade that race specifically, but at least the horse was running those fractions on a good track, fast track. Um, that'd be the only one I could see keeping up with the competition yeah. and likes to go to the front. Right. right? So it, it's only win. Uh, sorry, take that back. It's got two wins, one in the front and one off the pace. So a little more tactical for unveiled. I expect I to go to the front. You're probably gonna see fierceness sit mm-hmm. off. You think I so? Would, I think so. I think you're going to, I think he's going to be within a neck or, uh, I'd say a neck half a length until that backstretch. And then I expect fierceness to overtake and draw off and not even be close. And I think what you're going to see is these horses that we did talk about, Atello, uh, the one, the eight, making those moves and really vying for that second position. Because listen, second position also gets you, you know, points. Yeah, sure. And I think if you can chomp at the bit and get in there any way you can, a lot of horses got in last year by just getting these smaller pieces throughout a couple of different prep races. So I think that's the tactic for a lot of these other horses because fierceness looks to be the best. Yeah. So. Uh, one other thing I wanted to throw in there and note, um, Johnny V has been completely mediocre. I feel like he's been absent. Yeah. I, I, I f- like literally, I mean, if we're talking about a, a jockey that's been underwhelming at this championship meet that I thought would be making a splash, it's yeah. I thought that way about him and Murphy and Murphy just all of a sudden is starting to get some momentum and hitting the board. Yeah. At least least what I see out of Murphy, right? If, if you're watching the races, whether you have them or not, you'll know the jockeys that are trying to get out there and improve themselves. Right. They ride through the line. 
Right? They'll mm-hmm. ride through the wire. I don't see that at Johnny V. And I can tell, I can tell right at the turn if if Johnny V's trying or not, if yeah. he's got a horse or not. And he knows if he has a horse or not, and he doesn't try yeah. if he doesn't. It's and funny I've seen you say that, that so often. I see that so often with Johnny V, where if he's not in the position he wants to be, it looks like he doesn't give a shit. You know, yeah. he's like, all right, well, we're not going to win this race. I'm not even going to try. And that's been him the entire meet. And every I time I think he's more. on the live shot, I'm like, oh, dude, he's got a good horse here. Even if it's a favorite, I'm looking at him like, yeah, he's got a really good shot. And then he doesn't even hit the board. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if I'm talking about a jockey that's got, uh, in my opinion, a lot of strikes against them, against <laughs> yeah. them that's, he's one of them. And he's, I'm already trying to go against a favorite. So I've got to, I mean, you don't have to convince me anymore to go against him in this race. If, if you would have positioned then, say, name a jack at the championship meet that you feel is underperformed and under underperformed uh, on the expectations because he's had a lot of yeah. good favorites and a good oh, yeah. opportunities that he has squandered. I would I would probably I tell would say you, Paco Lopez is a better jockey than him at this point. At this point, absolutely. Yeah. Paco has been way more consistent on his on his horses that he should win on yeah. rides that he should win. He's got other mounts that he's he's got his trainer connections that he's trying to win on that yep. he's he's out there for the ride and doing yep. the best he can. I would say Johnny V by far has had way more opportunities to be higher in the standings with wins. Yep. Uh, then he, a lot of good opportunities. A lot yeah. of good opportunities. I mean, and that's gone to yeah. my thought process last week, where I was starting to pull back, and I was going, "I like he Johnny. Should, v. Yeah. I like Johnny V in this spot. He should win the race." And I pulled back on. He's got to start showing yeah. me something before I can actually take him. So I mean, unless he's got a hand ride the entire way, you know, I think he's gonna. I, I'm not. I'm not too confident putting my money on him as a. I mean, Hall of Famer and everything, right? Accolades. He's got everything. He, not taking not anything, taking away, anything from away from, from here. But in this meet, from what I'm seeing now, I don't want my money him. I don't want him holding my money. I want my money on somebody that I think is going to give me at least a fair that's, ride. That's a great point. You know, that's a great point. Um, and enough to, to it holds a lot of water, what yeah. you're saying. I, I will agree with you at 100%. And now you got me a little scared, actually, having any kind of <laughs> focused on any kind of horse. I mean, Paco took like the craziest on. ass beating at Gulfstream Park and still keeps coming back for more and is sitting yeah. in the standings right by Irad Jose. The only thing I can say is that out of all the horses that Johnny V's had, he's had a lot of good ones. He hasn't had one of this caliper that I feel is the strong in a field that I believe should, he should dominate in. The other ones, I'm like, probably had the best horse. But this one, I feel he's got the absolute best horse. He's more competitive than the other ones. This, yeah. I just see this being a walk in the park. If Irad's on fierceness, I'm putting Irad on top, no matter what the oh, price is. It's an automatic win, right? I think it's an automatic win here. I don't trust him. You know, and at the, like I said, at a short price, it's, you know. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to falter just because of the rider. I think he's an afterthought at this point for the, for the ability of the Yeah. Horse. Hopefully he's just a rider, right? He's just, yeah, a, I think he's just out for the ride. He's yeah. just a passenger and the horse takes control. Fuck, could have put Todd on the back of this fucking horse. Probably and <laughs> still, still would be able to win the race. Uh, that's it for this week's podcast. Holy bull week. Uh, lots coming up here in the next upcoming weeks. Got some guests signed up again. Sorry for the inconvenience of us not being around for the last couple of weeks. Glad to have you back and uh, glad to be moving forward. Kid, always good to see you. And, uh, yep. Talking horses with you. Back in the lab. We should actually send our picks to Elio. Let him look at it. He's the hot hand, actually. He is the hot we hand. Should be, we should be running all of our picks through him first before we publish this. It's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> if, we, if we can get some picks from him for this week, maybe we'll throw him on the ticket. I don't know how, how far extensively he's in, but I know he's oh, you know he's Oh, you, know <laughs> you know he's throwing some of that money back this weekend. Uh, probably. Yeah. When you're I, hot, you're hot. If I know, I know. I think he's throwing some of that money back. All right. We'll reach out. We'll see if we can get him on to some ticket picks for this week other than that for uh for uh, myself joey cena and the kid uh we'll meet you at here same time next week